Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Conversations on Conversations, the show where each week we explore a topic with an expert that can help us all have deeper, more meaningful conversations with ourselves and with other people. Now, before I get to our awesome guest that is joining us today, I want to take a moment and invite you to be part of a future show. We will be doing a mailbag episode where we will be reading your comments, exploring the questions you have, sharing what has resonated, maybe what how your thinking has changed as a result of our time together. So send your thoughts, send your questions to podcast at sarahnillwilson.com, and we will be sure to include them on a future show. All right, without further ado, it is my distinct honor to introduce you to Ben Warzynski. He is a brand culture expert and certified Lego Serious Play Facilitator. That's right, a Lego Serious Play Facilitator. And for those of you who are listening and aren't able to see the screen, he has a whole wall of these Lego boxes behind them, which I just love. His focus is on how purposeful play contributes to effective people strategies, particularly in areas of employee engagement, well-being, interpersonal relationships, high-performance leadership, and organizational culture change. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you, and I'm so excited to explore a really unique topic. I mean, it's not unique to you and I because we're very passionate about it, but this idea of play. But before we get into play, what else would you love our audience to know about you? Oh, gosh. Um, I guess like some some fun facts. I am uh, six foot seven, or as uh, one of my bosses used to call me, uh, two meter. As a, as a joke, I did a lot of work in Asia. Uh, and so we were we'd use the metric system. And um, whenever someone would ask me how tall I was in Japan or Korea, uh, I would say two meters and their face would just light up. And it was it was the perfect way to connect with with people, especially uh, baristas at coffee shops. I love that. I don't think I realized that you're six foot seven. I mean, because we've only ever interacted. So I only know that you have shoulders and a, and a head, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I appreciate knowing that. Um, anything else that you want us to know? Uh, <laughs> um, gosh, um, I mean, aside the fact that I'm like a huge Lego maniac, <laughs> which we'll, we'll, we'll dive into more, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, and I think what's really, what's really fast. Well, I love, I love the phrase and obviously it's very intentional, the serious play, but for somebody, so let's just start from that perspective, because for someone who's unfamiliar with the, the practice and the philosophy and the application of Lego serious play, what, what is it and how can people use it? Yeah. So Lego serious play, I didn't even know it existed, uh, until like you know, 2018, I think it was like the fall of, of 2018 when I, when I learned about it and got certified like, like the next week. <laughs> uh, but it was, <laughs> it was created back in like 2007 uh, by the Lego group and a number of uh, really smart, like PhD level uh, researchers and, um, and consultants. And it basically is this kind of radical, innovative approach to problem solving within the business space. Uh, and so what it is is it it allows teams and and people to come together, uh, and you can also do it kind of uh, individually as well. But it allows people to come mm-hmm. together and uh, share their ideas and be in this kind of psychologically safe and friendly environment and 
kind of everyone gets to have a voice. It's like an even even playing field. Uh, everyone mm-hmm. has a voice. Everyone gets to build. Everyone gets to share. And from that, you just gain all these different perspectives and insights and ideas and confidence. It, it, all these different things just kind of come out of of these these facilitated sessions. But really, the at the heart of it, it's all about. Uh, I, I kind of think it's all about, you know, collaboration and communication and finding that path forward that everyone can agree on together, which is often really, really difficult in a traditional uh, meeting setting. Yeah, yeah. What, um, w- w- from your experience, what what comes of these what comes in these sessions that's different than maybe like when you think of a traditional brainstorming session hey we're all going to be around a table and one person's at the flip chart you know i mean we can we can all imagine what this looks like we've all experienced it but as somebody who's facilitated this type of you know a playful and, and innovative and creative space how does it look different and how does it feel different yeah well the it it lo- it feel it looks and feels different in that there are kind of this uh there's a set of kind of uh etiquette like lego serious play etiquette mm. that everyone follows uh and so it's 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 very structured uh and so there's there's times there's time to build there's time to share there's time to reflect there's time to to discuss and by keeping it structured it keeps everything moving forward and then also mm. gives everyone that equal talk time so versus when you think of like a traditional brainstorming session what what kind of happens uh, you know maybe two or three people start to dominate the conversation and if if someone is kind of introverted or quiet or reserved or they're just trying to soak in everything that's being said they may be very quiet and, and not say say anything uh, and so that can come off as, oh, they're not interested or they're not active or they don't want to share mm. when they could have amazing ideas and they just don't feel comfortable to actually share or voice their opinion or their their frustration or, or whatever it, it might be. Um, and so Lego Series Play is like the complete opposite of that. It's it's a way for everyone to to participate and to feel safe and to express themselves. And what happens uh, internally is like everyone kind of taps into their own creativity and they, mm-hmm. they realize like, like number one, like I am creative. And number two, I, I have these like amazing stories that I can tell from these models that I built. And number three, like people are actually listening to what I have to say. Like, and so their confidence mm. just like, just increases. And I, it's just, it's amazing to see that switch turn on in people uh, who, who don't feel creative or who, who, tell me like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not creative at all. Like they're just like, you know, that's not my job. Um, and, and then it's amazing to just to watch them kind of just blossom. And it's just, it's just incredible. I I was going to ask, how often do you hear? I mean, I got to imagine it's every session. Somebody goes, Oh, I'm just not that creative. Right. Because we, we limit how we think about creativity. Right. So often I think that, you know, when I'm in conversations or even think back to classes I've taught that people associate creativity with just artistry, right? But there's creativity all mm-hmm. around us from mm-hmm. problem solving, right? Looking at things differently, being able to make connections. So so how often do you hear, but Ben, I'm just not that creative. And then I want to know, how do you respond in that moment? Yeah, no, I, I do hear that quite often. And my first reaction is, well, of course you are. Like it's just it's showing up in different ways. And the minute you experience 
you know, Lego serious play, you're, you're going to understand your creativity. And, and that's what I love about it is because it, it really like kind of allows people to drill down individually and kind of become mm. much more self-aware of their, their skill sets and their abilities. And from a, a leadership perspective, it's also incredible because they, the leader gets to see their team uh, operate and, and be creative and innovative and storytelling in, in ways that they, they, they never knew like were even possible. So from mm. a, a leadership perspective to understand your team in a, in a completely new way and then be able mm. to utilize them in those new skill sets that they're, that they're just kind of showing and are so excited about. Now you have a really op- real big opportunity to, to put them into, into work that they can like just thrive in. Mm, I love that. I, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking, we, we should have, we should have set up a serious play like activity for this conversation. So next time I have you on, <laughs> we'll have to, you know, maybe we can have some of our past guests and we can talk about a topic through the lens of, of using this. Yeah. One of the things at one of the things, so I'm just putting, I'm manifesting that out into the universe that we'll do that someday as you know, one of the things that I wonder about, and I know that in my previous career or early in my career, I should say, I, I would bring in a lot of improv-based activities. And 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 one of the things that I found is that initially the hesitation was really strong. The fear was really strong, right? The doubt, like you talked about, the doubt was really strong. But if you were able to shift and and truly allow yourself and and give space and create the space for other people to tap into play it and I and I wondered you know from your perspective what I would experience is it disarmed a lot of people right because we were able to sort of let down our masks a bit you know this is something we've talked about in a previous episode of just the masks we wear at work and the ways that we have to show up and according to rules but there's something so biologically I don't know like an origin in all of us of our ability to just play. What is that, you know, how has that been true in your sessions or what would you add to that? Yeah, I would, I a hundred percent agree with you. And I think it's just this innate like thing or feeling that we all have within us, the, the ability to to play. And, and I think you touched on um, something really interesting is that kind of like the mask goes away or like your walls come down. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what, what happens in these sessions. And it's so funny because before the session, you may have like, you know, like your executives or like the people that are very kind of um, conservative or, or reserved or very, very, you know, by the book business. Uh, like they usually are the ones who end up just like, you know, uh, really getting into it and like kind of like going back to their inner child and like finding remember remembering the, the Lego sets that they had or like how these things different connect or like you know oftentimes it gets it gets people to go and buy more Lego which sure. which is pretty funny um, but awesome do you at get the same do you time. get a return like do you get a referral you know like is there a referral link of, no. <laughs> oh, I wish <laughs> I should look into that for sure. <laughs> Okay, so you said you said you found this in, in, in 2018. And as long as I've known you, right, I, I can tell how deeply passionate you are about this practice and also that space for us to be able to step into and, and really unleash our creativity. Talk us through how, how where did you start? You know, give us the high level journey of, of, of how did you come to this place, right? What, what has shaped you to get you to the place of this is the work that I want to do? 
Yeah, so it's uh, it's been a really, really kind of fascinating journey. Some people are like, "What?" Like, <laughs> like they do, they don't really believe it. But my like, you know, my childhood was was basically Lego, like all day, every day, and I was like just determined to take over my parents' basement and build the biggest Lego city environment for the the minifigures that I possibly could. And without really knowing what I was doing, I was basically an urban planner, an engineer, an architect, and a landscape architect all kind of rolled <laughs> into this this you know, Imagineer, like building with Lego. And that led to studying landscape architecture and urban planning in, mm. in college. And when I got to college, and I was I remember I was in studio and they were like, you know, one of the projects was to develop a, a new housing community. Uh, and so we had, to, it was kind of a big, big project and we had to kind of lay everything out. And I was like... I was thinking to myself, like, this is so easy. I do this with Lego all the time. And so basically, like, I could see, like, I could see the entire, like, kind of development in my mind with Lego. And I just translated it back to, like, the human scale and and designed from there. And so that was a really interesting transition to go from from Lego into studying, like, landscape architecture and urban planning, because Mm. it really was about designing these experiences for people and how they're going to navigate this physical environment that we're, that we're creating um, mm-hmm. and, and kind of what the requirements are. And that, that then led me to um, kind of getting into uh, like designing resort residential, residential communities in Abu Dhabi and Dubai and Egypt. So if you look up like the Island of Happiness uh, off the coast of Abu Dhabi, I was on the team that developed the initial conceptual master plan for that entire uh, development uh, which was in, insane, <laughs> but Island of Happiness. Is it the li- is uh, it the Google Island it. of it's... Happiness? I need to Google this. I, I think you this came up in our conversation <laughs> when we first met. Yeah, uh, but I had forgotten about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Island of Happiness. It's it's one. Of, it was one of my favorite projects. Um, and and so while I was doing that, I then kind of I was on LinkedIn and I was answering questions and and someone reached out to me and was like, Hey, can you send me your portfolio and resume? Um, and I was like, sure. And so I put everything together, sent it off, didn't really think about it. And then they came back and they're like, they're like, Hey, like we want to talk, like we got this opportunity. And I was like, okay, sure. Like I still was like loving, I was in like Southern California, like Newport beach, designing the Island of happiness in Abu Dhabi among (laughs) like other, like super resort, like, uh, high end, like residential communities. So I was, I was just loving what I was doing. And then, uh, it turns out that I got an opportunity to be fully uh, paid to relocate to Hawaii and become a strategic planner uh, and be embedded with the U.S. Air Force Pacific headquarters. Wow. So like a complete 180 from from resort residential communities with like indoor outdoor swimming pools as like a a baseline for a, a palace <laughs> to <laughs> like working with the U.S. military and helping them with their strategic forward mission planning uh, and and things. So. I I left, moved to Hawaii, and uh, basically just started traveling the Pacific Theater for about seven years. Um, and mm-hmm. I was working with the the Air Force at the the highest levels in in Hawaii um, at Hickam Air Force Base. And what what I learned from that was the leadership from the Air Force was like the best masterclass that you could ask for mm-hmm. in leadership and culture mm-hmm. because just working with installation base commanders and four-star generals and colonels and airmen and pilots, you just had this 
this like broader perspective of of what they were doing and what their mission was and how like what we were doing would help them. And the other thing that that I focused on and really took away from was uh, working with all the different stakeholders of like an installation, for example, um, and understanding every single department and what their needs were and how we could all come together and agree on on what the future would look like, which is a mm. very, mm. very challenging thing to do, especially when, sure, no when they're, you know, they're stationed away from home. They've got, you know, all these things like and and they're trying to to envision the future. They're like, you know, we don't have time to envision the future. We're trying to complete our mission. And so like, but those were just, mm. it, it really just built my skill set around bringing people together and kind of community mm. building in a, in a, in a sense. And so mm. when I, when I switched, when uh, we moved from Hawaii to Chicago, uh, I, I began building out my, my agency, uh, which kind of focuses on, on brand and culture and strategy uh, and help really helping leaders and teams communicate and connect uh, better, <laughs> for mm. for lack of better words, and uh, and and really all those skill sets that I picked up from from uh, consulting with the Air Force and the the military really came into to play in everything that I've been doing since. And when I added Lego Series Play, it just like turned it on fire because it was like hmm. taking the planning process and understanding everybody's. Um, positions and how how uh, what they're looking for and what their requirements are. That's exactly what we do with Lego Series Play, and so it was like this really natural. Like it, now that I look back on it, it's this really natural progression. But but it's right. been like you know just a, a ton of you know ups and downs and, and a, a pretty pretty wild journey. That I, I you know I remember the first time you were telling me that you're like there's things I can't tell you, which I'm like yeah I respect that but like. <laughs> But but it what a I mean what a, what an interesting and unique journey and and one you know one of the things just a phrase that I had written down as you were talking was just you realized that you became really good at community building and there's something really poignant I think about the language that you use there and I think about right you know we we support companies in maybe similar albeit different ways or we have similar values and and things we're trying to accomplish and. You know, so often it's like, oh, we're doing a team or like a team building or we're doing a, you know, like a, a trust building exercise. And, and there is something powerful about this idea of no, we're a community, right? Like, how do we, mm-hmm. you know, there's something more transformative for me anyway, as I hear that when you, oh, I have a couple of different questions. So I want to, I want to veer off sort of the, the initial path is, you know, when you, what are some of the most consistent challenges that you see, or maybe what are patterns you see that are fairly consistent across teams, you know, when it comes, like, what, what are some of the consistent things that get in their way of effectively coming together and building that community and being able to be creative in a way that will really serve them um, going forward? Because I know you've worked with so many different, you, you know, you've, you know, you've, you've worked on a global scale, you've worked from a military perspective, all the clients that you support now that I imagine you have this really broad perspective. And what are some of those, what are some of those patterns that you see that get in the way, right, of that effective community building? Yeah, well, I think the one of the big ones that I see is the idea around uh, saying, like, you want your employees to be creative, uh, but not providing the environment to actually allow mm. them to be creative. Mm. And I experienced that myself in, in my career uh, as well. And so I think there's this there's this misconception around creativity versus productivity. 
And mm. if you if you do it right, like creativity, like allowing to express your creativity and find these innovative solutions can actually be more productive than than just you know posting up at a at a desk for eight hours. Uh, and so I think there's you know uh, that's one of the biggest challenges I see is that when companies say, you know, oh, yeah, you know, we want everyone to be creative and we tell them to be creative and, and we're expecting creative ideas, but the environment and the culture doesn't allow for for that or they don't feel safe to even want to share an idea because they mm. don't want that idea to be stolen or to be taken out of context or whatever the, the thing is. They just don't want to they just don't want to share. And when it comes to community building, the biggest thing that that we want to do as community builders is to get people to interact. We want that mm. feedback. We mm -hmm. want we want people to share their their opinions and their voices and their ideas and their experiences and their knowledge, because the more people share then the more we can learn from from one another and the more that we can we can build those connections. And so there's a I really like that you you um, you mentioned the community piece uh, because it, it really is aligned with building strong teams and strong cultures and organizations because it is it is a community. It's a it's a living, breathing thing. Any any brand or any organization is a, a living, breathing kind of community of, of people. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, and that idea that it's built through interactions. I mean, I think that that's one of the challenges that that we're seeing with the clients that we're supporting is that as work has moved virtual or maybe in a hybrid is that there's this almost over rotation of what we would like we would describe as transactional. Right. It's very telling, selling, yelling. You know, it's it's just very transactional. And so we have to be that much more intentional about that transformational, that sharing, that discovering, and, and, you know, and, and, you know, that idea of confusing productivity with creativity is a great, um, competing commitment. That's how we would describe it, right? Like they're in conflict with each other mm -hmm. sometimes, but we, we tend to often over rotate, you know, <laughs> over rotate to like, well, what's the quick win? What's most efficient now instead of what's most efficient long-term, right? Um, right, right. I assume, you know, when you talk about like not creative environments, you know, I, re I remember my last company, well, before we moved, we moved into an amazing building, but I was like the various shades of oatmeal. They don't do it for me. They just, you know, so I had to bring in color, <laughs> right? Just things that I could do. What, you know, as people are thinking about, you know, because, you know, our focus with this show is just how do we have conversations about it? So, you know, as, as you think about people who are listening, what are the kind of things people could think about of, of either physically how they could bring into their space or maybe mindsets they can bring into their space or ways they could talk about creativity to overcome that sort of paralysis by productivity? Yeah, so uh, that, that's a great question. And so the one of the fun facts about Lego Series Play is that the, you think with your hands because it's a tangible mm. uh, type of thing. And so when we think with our hands, our hands are connected to our, our brain. And so subconsciously, we can we can think a lot faster by by even just clicking two bricks together. Or that's why, like, if you if you doodle or draw or or maybe you write a couple words down, you're immediately kind of firing those those synapses um, in your brain and kind of thinking without realizing it. And so mm. so. Um, I would encourage uh, people if they're wanting to be more creative or they want to kind of try to get into that more of that creative mindset would be to have something on your desk that that you like to do. Maybe it's maybe it's a little bit of Lego. Maybe it's like you like to, to draw or something. And so you have you have those those tools handy. And I think it's best it's best if it's um, 
if it's actually like a tangible thing that you do with your mm-hmm. hands, because often mm-hmm. when we work with our hands, we get different different insights from from just a, a digital, purely like digital perspective. Um, mm-hmm. So I would I would say have some of those things, and then if you're working with someone else, you may challenge someone to uh, to you know say, hey, like you know, can you build a, a model of of what that concept is that, that you're telling me? And it's a mm-hmm. really challenging thing, but if you give them you know like just three minutes to just Put something together, and the, the the great thing is the bricks are metaphors, so they can mean anything mm. you want them to mean. Um, and so, if you just have them do that, and then have them tell the story of, of what that model is and what their concept is, chances are their their uh, the way that they they share that with you would be uh, in greater detail and it'll, in a lot more depth because they're they're kind of more focused on the model that, that they built and why they built it and why they put the pieces where they did and what the colors represent. And they just start, you start layering in and you go into all this, this detail that just wouldn't be there without the the model. So it's kind of a, a fun communication aid uh, as well. Um, and it's just, but that, that would be a fun way to, to kind of engage and, and talk about creativity uh, by actually kind of experiencing it for, for people firsthand. We'll be back with Ben Warzynski after the break. From a learning perspective anyway, the more senses we can tap into, the more likely it's going to stick, right? And then and that that's what was coming up for me as you were talking and but then I was also reflecting on I probably am not kinesthetic enough as I'm like thinking or what, you know, like, cause you just, you just, you just, Oh, I'm going to think about it. Or maybe I'll go for a walk, which is valuable and good to do. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but I can imagine, you know, when we, when we're working with teams, sometimes we'll have them, you know, just like draw, draw the future you want for this team or whatever the case is. It doesn't have to make sense. You don't have to be good artists, but you're right. Like the nuances, the colors, if you will, come, come from the description and the stories. And then again, going back to that point you made, we build community through our interactions, not just a transaction Mm -hmm. of, of, oh, you're talking and now I'm talking and now you're talking. Um, so I love that. And so that's a challenge for you all who are listening is, you know, if you're finding yourself like me going, oh, I just say real internal a lot, or maybe I just verbalize it. Let's challenge ourselves to, to create something from a manipulative perspective, right? Drawing it or building it. Um, I so desperately want to do, I like, I want to be a fly in the wall (laughs) in one of your sessions or just have you come and like do something with my team. Actually, well, we'll talk later. Okay. So, (laughs) um, so quick question, because I'm guessing there's some people who are thinking of it. I'm thinking it too. What is this, what does your work look like virtually now? Yeah. Because I could imagine some people going, oh, well, can you do it? But I have no doubt that you've translated it effectively virtually. Yeah. And and it actually has opened up so many like new possibilities. Uh, It's been an incredibly challenging thing to try to turn everything virtual. Uh, But at the same time, it, it, you know, I'm now working with teams in the UK that that would have been really hard to try to probably get to like before. Um, and it all happened just because it's online um, and through through Twitter. Um, so the way that, that it works is um, there's a couple of different ways. Uh, one, I have some uh, membership programs on my, through my community. Um, and so if you were to join one of those, uh, you would get a, a uh, personalized, curated 
a kit that would come to your door and you would then jump on the different um, like live experiences within the community. And we would go through different things like like a pause and play experience where we take a moment and take about 60 minutes to um, step away from our, our nine to five and just kind of sit with ourselves and, and reflect and and just have fun. Um, and, and just just pause and, and play. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then I have uh, a signature course uh, that kind of goes all into about awakening your inner leader. And that, that is a self-paced course. And there's also uh, coaching and, and things like that. And so um, it's it's all uh, interactive and immersive uh, through my my community platform and my mobile app, along with the, the physical uh, Lego uh, kits as well that I, I uh, put together. We will be sure to put in the show notes how they can connect and follow you and connect with your community. So just real quickly, I mean, normally we do it at the end, but since we're talking about it, the bricks and brand, I mean, like talk a little bit about the community that you've built and what that looks like. Yeah. So the 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 Bricks and Brands Network is a community of amazing leaders from around the world that I've just kind of cultivated over the last two years so far. Um, and the the whole idea is just for to bring people together, bring these leaders together to discuss how we can transform and disrupt uh, the workplace culture of the future um, and how we can make it better for people. And so the it's just this collective of amazing people doing all these different amazing things. And so I just, I'm like so grateful that I get to to play and, and talk to everyone and bring everybody together. And we have these discussions, we have meetups uh, twice a month. There's all, all sorts of uh, ways for to engage um, and interact and, and connect with people. And it's just been, it's been one of the, the best things I've done, um, mm-hmm. you know, since the the pandemic and just or actually it was right before the pandemic of when I, when I really started kind of building it. And then I just went all in on it. And it's been one of the, the best decisions uh, I've, I've made. I love that. I love that. What um, I can I could imagine that you come into situations where people go, is this is this the best use of our time to play? So what what would you tell? Like, what are the myths or what are the limited beliefs that people have about the impact? Like, what do they get wrong about play? Yeah, the the first uh, one of the big ones is I think the the word play is kind of uh, like everyone has a different definition of what play is. Uh, mm-hmm. When I when I'm talking about play, it's about kind of facilitated play. So it's not that it's an uh, you know it's an open open uh, you know session where everyone just <laughs> does whatever they want. It's it's a very guided uh, experience. Again, aiming to solve a very specific business problem. So before we even, uh, before I even deliver the the facilitation, I'm understanding what the objective is, uh, what the team is trying to uh, to achieve, how much time we have if we're doing multiple sessions. There's a lot of uh, pre planning that goes into designing the the sessions, and then it's all about once we're in the session, it's about how do we how do we uncover what what it is that we're trying to do. So as we're doing that, you know, we're kind of spiraling deeper and deeper into to, to get to the actual root uh, cause of the the problem or the or finding the solution. Um, and so it it you know, the problems vary from, you know, dev- like developing a, a, um, a new brand service or service brand uh, to solving challenging, like innovative uh, engineering problems with like production engineers. Um, and so the, it's kind of spans the, the gamut, but the, 
the concept is the same or the the framework is the the same yeah i um i can't help you know i mean part of why i was really looking forward to this uh conversation is the world feels hard and it feels heavy and you know and we've been in this time of prolonged exposure to stress and trauma and right like extreme situations that i know even for me personally as an individual um it's been harder for me to tap into that creativity sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Because, it, you know, whether it's I'm physically fatigued, mentally exhausted, and, but there, you know, f- f- for me anyway, I feel like when I'm able to tap into that space, there's a lightness, there's a sense of possibility, right? Sometimes even a joy, even if we're exploring it from a hard way, you know, and, and at the top top of our conversation, you, t- you talked um you know, uh, sort of high level of what you see happen. Right. And especially like, you know, everyone gets hurt and people develop their confidence. And I'm, and I would love to know, I mean, and if you don't have nothing comes to mind, but I'm curious to know, like, if there's a specific story, you know, if you can share of just, you know, what, what was possible when either an individual or a group was willing to step into this, this serious play. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's, I, I, I've, I have so many stories I'm, I'm I'm super excited to share. But the the piece about it being serious play, it's it's kind of a, it is really challenging. It's it is very difficult. Oftentimes the the challenges that that people are asked to build seem impossible. But mm-hmm. the fact that you only have you know that short time and that constraint, and you only have a limited amount of bricks, that's what adds to the kind of the fuel of your creativity and kind of forces you to tap into that resourcefulness and figure out, hey, no, I can get this done. And this mm. is what what I've, I've come up with. And so it is it is very challenging. And that's why I think they called it serious play, because it while it's fun and and you you do feel light, uh, you know, m- more lighter, more joyful, uh, more confident. It is you still have to do the work. It's still very, right. very challenging to to get to that other side. One uh, great example, uh, I was facilitating, um, this was uh, a, a virtual event. Uh, it was, I was facilitating for a uh, Canadian um, uh, video game company. And there were several uh, like software engineers who were very introverted, uh, very shy, very reserved. They didn't even want to turn their cameras on. Um, and so when I was I was talking with the HR team, they were like, well, we've got, you know, three or four that that just are not sure if they're going to if they're even going to participate fully. And so I, my kind of one of my goals was to try to get everyone on camera and, and building and having having fun. And this was a like a hundred person event. It was it was pretty, pretty massive to, to manage amazing. virtually. Um, sure. And so uh, so throughout the event, they the people that were very quiet and shy, they started to open up and they started to like they came on camera and they were smiling because they had built this model and they they were sharing it and they were going into breakout rooms and they were sharing what they what they built and what it means to them. And and throughout the the time, they got more and more confident and you just saw them mm. like wanting to share even more. And it was by mm. the end of it, they were like, wait, there's not another activity like I, I want to do more. And so it was just amazing to see that that while like like everyone can be included it, it's a very inclusive uh type of process and that everyone needs to be included and and what the the team took away from it was 
wow, we never knew that these people were so creative. Like, like, I mean, we had like posed some pretty big challenges to them and the way that they answered, it would, it just blew everyone's mind. The, the creativity, Mm. they had music, they had, they had like, they were dancing along with the, the, (laughs) like their presentations at the end. Like it was, it was just like, like way more than, than we have like ever um, kind of imagined. It was just so cool to see. That's no, that sounds incredible. And even just hearing the story, like you can imagine it almost. And and what and what what a beautiful testament to what's possible when you give people a way to engage differently. Right. I think so often how we share information, how we write brainstorm or collaborate is one way to serve maybe one or two types of thinkers and Mm -hmm. and and it's not that right you know the whole like well i'm a visual learner i mean we're all we're all all of them just depends on what we're doing but what we're able to discover when when we give ourselves the space and time to discover it differently that's what's coming that's what i'm thinking about as i'm hearing you tell that story and um and then you know then and and the other thing is when you know when we we talk about you know people who are maybe they're maybe they're more reserved or maybe they struggle with social anxiety or they're they're um just thinkers right they Mm -hmm. just need to chew on it a bit the question that i always think about because we we prioritize the person who speaks the loudest and the longest right it's just like what are we missing because we aren't hearing from from all of those like everyone what are we missing out on because we're not hearing so yes i I love to hear that um you know when you when you when you think about this this work and um you know, and we, you've already given one tip from the standpoint of, you know, uh, think about how you could approach the problem from like, what would be a model you could build or for, for a person on just their own individual journey and how, how this might look for them. Because, you know, again, part of this, the show is we want to explore how do we have conversations with other people differently about things? And also, how do we have conversations with ourselves? So what would you say, you know, what, what might be places people could start even just in their own personal life to potentially, you know, continue to explore differently. I mean, and, 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 and maybe it just goes back to that whole, like exploring with your hands, but I just, I want to expand on that a bit. Cause I know you have so many beautiful tips and practices. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think it's all about self-awareness, like when it, when it kind of comes down to it. And so I think if you, if you figure out what gives you energy and what kind of lights you up and what you really enjoy doing, you can use that as kind of like a 15 minute like recharge type of thing. So like, Mm. I'm a, um, I'm a huge like brain.fm fan, uh, which is like a science driven uh, music app that uh, uses artificial intelligence and and all this other like uh, amazing tech to wait, what what was it? I'm not (laughs) say it again. Sorry, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But yeah, no, no, no worries. It's called Brain.fm. Okay, and keep explaining it. I'm fascinated. <laughs> yeah, so so it's it's uh it's like a science driven approach to to music that allows you to be more productive and more creative. So they have like this creativity um, music, and so like you just hit like play, and basically you just go about your work. It's like kind of a like background music, but it it what it does is it allows you to focus and be more productive. So I use like mm. that. And then I, I maybe like do like a like I'll, I'll build or like I'll, I'll write um, and whatever, whatever it is. But I'm just kind of like uh, I use the music as another way to kind of stimulate my 
myself and kind of get into that creative um, that kind of state or that that flow state. And I know that, you know, so throughout the pandemic, it's been really hard for people to to tap into that. And I think mm. that the, the way that you can start to do that is to kind of build those habits. So even if it's only like 10 minutes a day, or maybe it's 10 minutes three times a week, or maybe it's just on Saturday mornings at, when you get your coffee, whatever, whatever works for your schedule, the, the idea that you just start to, to do it and let yourself give yourself permission to, to play or to tap into that creativity or, or feel something different. Like that's going to change, you know, so much about your, your mindset and like your, your mental state and kind of put you in that, in a different place to then continue on with your day. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. what, that's what, you know, part of my, like, that, that's what, what I love to do is cause that's part of my, um, my freestyle membership. It's all about putting play into practice and, and mm -hmm. challenging people to, to use that every day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so for those of you who are listening, you know, this is an opportunity to connect with us. So, you know, as you hear him talk, what is something that gives you energy? What is something that gives you light? You know, maybe challenge yourself just once this week, do something for just five, 10 minutes that allows you to tap and unapologetically, because I think sometimes there's so much shame and judgment around, you know, what what is okay to be what's appropriate, like, well, no, it's okay to go play golf, but maybe it's not okay to play video games, or it's okay to read this kind of material, but not this. And, you know, anyone who follows me knows that my happy flow state is playing the accordion, you know, and sometimes it's just like a stressful day, just 10 minutes and I have one song golden slippers, I love to play it. My husband hates it. No, he doesn't hate it. It just gets in his head because I'll play it so much. But but share with us. So share with us, you know, what's one thing that gives you energy? And you can tag us on social media at convos at con convos or send us an email at podcast at sarahnollwilson.com. And I'll be sure to share those with Ben. Then as you, you know, as you think about this, I, you know, when you, gosh, I, I, again, I'm speaking from personal experience and the people who I'm surrounded with and I spend time with, but you're right that I think it has been really hard to find those moments of flow, right? We're physically fatigued, we're mentally fatigued, we're overwhelmed. What's the cost when we don't take time to play, to tap into our creativity, to tap in things that energize us, to you know, all of those things that you're talking about, what, what's the cost to us if we don't? Yeah, so I I mean the first one is like a really big cost on like your mental well-being. I think like you know we can we can work really really hard, but what is that what happens? We it probably, you know, most likely it'll lead to burnout or or worse. Uh, maybe it leads to a heart attack or maybe it's it's a it, you know you get overwhelmed with anxiety and stress. Uh, and because you're kind of like in this this you know workaholic way like you have no way to release anything um, maybe mm -hmm. you know even going to the gym can be therapeutic or can feel like play because it's so different and you're you're moving mm. around and you're you're exercising and you're you're just you're up and up and about and I think like we forget that as humans we like are actually like we we do better when we're when we're moving <laughs> like that's why I think mm -hmm. I love to travel for for work because I was constantly on the move it was it was city to city country to country always trying to catch the next train or the next plane or jump in a rental car or wherever I was trying to go but I was constantly moving and because I was constantly moving all these different things would just come to me it was like just like ideas would just like flood like my my mind because I was experiencing all these different things. Uh, I remember there was one 
uh, one time where I think it was over like a three week period. I was in four different countries at like over wow. that that time. And like by the time I got home, I think I was I was living in Hawaii and I was trying to go to sleep and I like I woke up not knowing where I, where I was because I was like <laughs> I'd been like all over the place. But it like at the same time I was like so like excited about that because I was like that's so cool to be able to to experience all these different cultures and people and and experiences and and like have all these things come come at you. And so I think with the pandemic it it all that kind of stopped and yeah. and so I think we we need to kind of allow ourselves to tap into that even if we're not traveling we can still mm-hmm go exercise we can still go for walks in nature go hiking um and maybe go hiking and play with lego or you know whatever mm-hmm. the combination is that that works for you but i think like keep building that in to your to your day and allow, and allowing yourself that time like you said unapologetically it, it's gonna it's gonna help so much um and then the the best thing is to do it in community as well with mm. with others and and having that support network and having people cheer you on uh, maybe when you when you build your 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 Lego model, or the, when you get to the next phase of of building your Lego model, whatever it is that, that you're working on, um, I think it's just it's it's amazing to do that with others. Yeah, well, and 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 I'm again thinking, you know, I work from home largely. Uh, we. You know, I'm just starting to travel again, which was sort of, I mean, it was nice. It was like, oh, new restaurants or new, you know, new food yeah. to order in. And I, and I even found myself going almost on a novelty spree. I was, <laughs> I was in Utah recently and I discovered that in Utah, there's this, the thing that's, you know, like really popular there is these sort of like gourmet soda shops, right? Because it's very, it's very much a religious Mormon country. And so they can't have alcohol. And my friend who's, who lives there, he's like, we've got to have some vice. So I was like just trying all these different types of things. And I think that it's so easy to get into our routines, especially when we're working from home. And it's so easy to be looking at the same thing. And even when we're in community with each other, because one of the ways we make experience or the one of the ways that we can create really meaningful memories is by having different sensorial experiences. And since we aren't right um, traveling maybe as much, it's starting to shift and open up for sure. But um, but when we are going to be permanently remote, it's finding those ways to do that because it can be real easy to just stay at home instead of like, I'm going to go for a walk or you know what, this meeting, I don't need to take notes. I'm going to put it in my headphones and I'm just going to go for a walk. Or you know what, my kids got some putty, how, you know, maybe I'll play, you know, while we're on the call or take the call in a different place. So I think for all, you know, especially those of you who are listening to this conversation and, and work from home, like, like I do. And, you know, Ben, when you're not traveling, it, you know, it's really important for us to change up our surroundings, just to have different experiences and to connect with different people. And like you said, you make those, I can't imagine being in four different, I'm exhausted hearing that, <laughs> four different countries in three weeks. Um, but, but that's also part of creativity too, is taking in new information. And because when we take in new information, right, we make new connections and we start seeing possibilities we didn't consider before. And, um, and I know that that's, that's a muscle I feel like has atrophied for me that I have to, to build, build back up. And I, I missed it. Right. I didn't even yeah. realize I missed it. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think that's exactly right. That creativity is a muscle. Like, I think that's another misconception around creativity is the, the fact that, you know, some people think, oh, well, they're just creative. Uh, mm, when, when like you can actually, 
yeah like it's just a natural born trait but but creativity is actually like leadership or like accounting or it it's a skill that you can learn and that you can refine and build uh, that muscle over over time it's just a matter of how do you stimulate your mind in order to to tap into that and i think that the more that we can tap into those creative like you know creative states the better off we're going to be especially as you look at kind of the fourth industrial revolution and automation and artificial intelligence and all of the you know current jobs and and uh traditional jobs are being uh replaced and what mm-hmm. are they being replaced with well they're they're simplifying everything down into machines and they're then replacing the the people so what's going to be left it's going to be creativity like yes artificial intelligence can write articles like blog articles but they're not going to be the the best hopefully like do you still want a human to share their real their real human experiences not uh, an artificial intelligent person you know or not person a robot sharing uh, an experience <laughs> it, might, it might feel like a person at some point but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the the point is that we need to we need to, to move towards creativity and and embrace it more because that's going to be the that's like the variable that that all humans have that that uh artificial intelligence and and uh, robots and and things like that do not uh have um at least at this time <laughs> mm-hmm well, and 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 to echo that, we're also because I feel like every conversation we have with people is reminding them we're we're in one of the biggest experimentations we've ever been part of, right? We're also recovering from one of the biggest challenges we've ever faced. And so it is the you know, the adaptive challenges that lay before us, the I mean, I was just telling a client today, I said, what an amazing uh, and also sometimes overwhelming opportunity we have to completely rethink where we work, how we work, how we connect, who we connect, you know, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're saying that this opened up for you to be able to work with a team over in the UK that maybe, maybe that wouldn't have been an option before. And now it's like, you know, I always joke like, oh, yeah, next week, I'm virtually in Oregon. And then right, you know, and and it, and, and we're in this place of just beautiful possibilities. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, because of the situation and circumstances. And so it's now now we need our, you know, just absolute. I don't know. Again, I go back to unleashed <laughs> possibilities instead of just thinking about the the rules and the structure. But it's been such a treat to, to chat with you today. I have no doubt that we will continue this convert. I do think, I really do think that we need to bring you back. And I think that we should invite, you know, maybe another guest or two. And we could do, we could explore a topic through through a, a, a Lego serious play experience. I think it would be really fun. Maybe not, I don't know, for the audio listeners, but we could describe things that we could make that work. Take pictures <laughs> and we would obviously, you know, film it for the YouTube. Um before we wrap up, though, Ben, there's always a question I ask everyone because this is a conversation, a podcast that's about conversations and conversations. What is a conversation that you've had with yourself or with others that transformed you, Ben? I think for me, it's it's multiple conversations. It's it's that reflection time where uh, mm-hmm. I, I journal and I basically ask myself, you know, uh, I think of it like an after action review from the air force the aars <laughs> and like it's basically what went right what went wrong and what can we do better what what lessons can we learn and so the more i reflect on things the more aware of of myself and and how i do things and how my team does things uh 
becomes, and then we can start to, to shift and see patterns and start to to um, shorten the time that we make those those mistakes and, and start to improve uh, and improve ourselves. And I think that's one of the, the things that I'm always trying to do is trying to improve myself and figure out how I can do things uh, in, a, in a better way. Yeah, I love it. Ben, if people are listening and they want to connect with you or if they want to learn more about the community you talked about, or maybe they're sitting there going, oh, this could be really interesting for my team. What's the best way for people to connect with you? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, thank you. Uh, the best way would be my my website, brandedworld.co. Uh, you can find out information about the community uh, and about uh, my services there. I'm also really active on LinkedIn. Uh and that's under my my name, Benjamin uh, Worsinski. I think I'm the only only one, only Worsinski that's, that's super good. active that's good. <laughs> on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, and then uh, I'm also on Twitter at uh, B Worsinski. Uh, and so I'm I hang out there uh, more often than uh, lately. I thought you were going to say more often than you should, because that's how I would have answered it. But no, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, will, <laughs> we will we'll put all, all of those links in the show notes so people can access, uh, access them and connect with you. Ben, thank you so much, so much for bringing some lightness, some energy uh, to a time that, again, just sometimes feels a little heavy. Um, I And I'm going, yeah, I need to clearly get my own Lego set to have at my desk. <laughs> to play with. So thank you so much for, for saying yes to the show and coming on and sharing your gifts. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Conversations on Conversations, where I thoroughly enjoyed the opportunity to talk to Ben Warzynski about Lego Serious Play. You know, something I'm going to hold on to from this conversation is is that idea of how can I move even more into my creativity? How can I uh, use physical elements as I'm exploring ideas? Sometimes I can get really stuck in my head. So I love that, that invitation that he gave us of think of a way that you can use your hands as you're thinking. And that's something I'm going to apply. For more information on holding deeper, more meaningful conversations with others, or if you'd simply like to reach out, check me out at sarahnollwilson.com. You can also connect with me on social media, where my DMs are always open. You can also pick up a copy of my latest book, Don't Feed the Elephants, wherever books are sold. Now, if there's something that resonated for you, again, we do want to hear from you. So send us an email at podcast at sarahnollwilson.com. And if you like, if you've been with us a while and you're finding value in these conversations, there's a few ways you can support the work and we would be super we not would be, I am super grateful <laughs> for you. The first is you can visit us on patreon.com slash conversations on conversations where your financial support will sustain this podcast. You'll also get access to some pretty great swag and content and events. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show. This helps us get exposure and be able to bring on amazing guests like Ben. And a big thank you to the entire team that makes this show possible. To our producer, Nick Wilson, our audio design, Drew Knoll, to Olivia Reinert, who helps with the transcriptions, and finally to Caitlin Summit Nelson for all of her marketing support. Thank you. And just a big final thank you to Ben. Ben is just a ball of energy and I love um, I, I love the opportunity to explore such a such a light topic like play. It's not a light topic. It's a serious topic, but it felt light to explore, which was a just a welcome moment of pause for
for me personally. And then just a final reminder that when we can change the conversations we have with ourselves and others, we can change the world. So thank you all. Please be well. Don't forget to rest and rehydrate. Take care. Bye.